Welcome to Rainer's Radio, practical training for joint heirs with Christ, with your host, Diane Thomas. Good evening, and welcome to Rainer's Radio. This is Diane Thomas, your host. Let's just take a moment and relax, put aside whatever's going on right now, if you need to go into a different part of your house or just make sure you can relax and listen to what the Lord is speaking to you and and allow him to reveal himself to you and maybe even bring up some things he's been doing in your life to remind you what he's been doing in your life. So we've been talking about the supernatural realm. And whether we understand it, which most of us don't, it's there. Just as the spirit realm is there. We're all fairly familiar with the natural realm to a certain degree. And yet, the natural realm we are familiar with is only that which we've come in contact with. There's so much beyond our understanding. Just look at, you know, for instance, sound waves. What we hear with our human ears is different than what a dog hears or a dolphin or a bird they pick up different level frequency sound waves. And yet they're all sound waves. But our ears are made to receive certain frequencies. Our voices also create relatable frequencies that other people can pick up with their ears, which works out real well. But we are not familiar. We may learn about, yes, there's higher and lower frequencies. And likewise with our, what we see with our physical eyes. We know that there are, there's light waves that we don't see. Because our eyes are made to pick up certain things. And other Creatures, other animals, perceive light differently than we do and perceive sound different than we do and obviously make different noises than we do, different smells. They have different sense of touch than we do. But this is all on the natural level, in the natural realm. So there's a wide diversity in the natural realm. And we can to some degree extend that to the supernatural realm where there is different senses for different kind of kinds of beings that it's just the way they are. There's nothing to be afraid of 
or even thinking we need to fully understand everything else that's going on in the supernatural realm in order to understand what's going on in the solical realm for us humans. Now, God being God wants us to know. He teaches us what we need to know. He does not want us ignorant. Now, just like in the natural, we could spend our whole lives learning and reading and trying to understand and probably not fully grasp all there is to know. Our, our time is limited. Our lives are limited. And the knowledge that's there, already captured, is so tremendous to try to understand and, and grasp it all is likely beyond our reach. It's the same in the supernatural realm. We don't need to try to think, okay, I need to grasp it all. I need to understand it all. Don't. Don't think that that's necessary. Instead, let the Lord teach you what he wants you to know. He's reliable. He's a good counselor. He's a good coach. He'll give you accurate and reliable feedback and instruction and guidance and encouragement. And it's not about knowing everything or experiencing everything. It's about paying attention to what the Lord wants for you and moving forward with that. Now, a couple of weeks ago, we talked about going to the Lord and asking, unless you already had something that you were interested in learning about the supernatural, asking what the Lord wanted you to be interested in in the supernatural realm. And it could even be in regards to what some people call the spiritual gifts. They're really solical gifts. And we all have them all. Because they're part of our soul. We are all given a soul. And that soul has certain qualities. And those qualities include the ability to interact with the supernatural realm. Now remember, the supernatural realm has power and authority over the natural realm, even though we don't exercise it very often. But we can go back to the example when Jesus was walking with his disciples, and he told the disciples, if you had faith as a mustard seed, if you told that mountain, be that removed and cast into the sea, it would be. He didn't say, pray to me. Jesus didn't say, pray to me, and I will do it. He said, you say to the mountain. Now, they weren't Christians at that time. They weren't spirit. They were simply solical beings, fallen sinners, without eternal life, without that connection to God. And Jesus still told them, if you do this, it will work. And there's other instances as well. 
Remember, they did not become Christians until their sins were forgiven. When were their sins forgiven? At the crucifixion. Then they didn't get new life until new life was available for all of us. And when did that happen? At the resurrection. So even though Jesus had all his disciples around walking with him, different ways, John was closest and then outward farther and farther to, you know, multitudes following him around, believing in him to a certain degree, and he sent some out two by two, and he taught them different things. We have no idea, really. I love the the verse that says that there's not enough books could be written to contain everything that Jesus did and said. So we think we know it all, hardly, hardly. Probably, you know, a minuscule part part percent of what he did and said. But those who were keeping records kept records for certain purposes. But for you and I, we can experience for ourselves what God intended, what Jesus experienced. Jesus walking as God on earth, teaching those walking with him, men and women, and even children, walking with him. Just as he speaks to us, this is the way, walk ye in it. I'm the way, the truth, and the life. Those who follow me. We can do that and we can learn what he wants to teach us. And what he wants to teach you is probably going to be different than what he wants to teach me. And that's fine. We can all enjoy that. And even if it's on the same subject, if it's different, that's fine. What is truth will last. We don't have to be consumed about being accurate, being truthful, being being on the right side of things. It's more important to be on the loving side of things. Now, sometimes that means being strong and clear and honest, but that's still loving unconditionally. Something in, in our spirit we are already doing in our soul and sometimes in our body, not so much. But this is one of the reasons we're learning to how our soul works in the soulical realm within the supernatural realm. Because when we don't understand, we misinterpret what's going on in the natural. For instance, Right now, odds are there's a lot more going on in the supernatural with this, let's say, with this virus. And I'm just going to say some things here. as an, It's an example. This virus is worldwide. And there's certain things and certain characteristics, and it's being used in certain ways, and it's hurting people and not hurting others. 
it's got a lot of different qualities and characteristics. Many of them have nothing to do with the nature of the virus itself. A virus like this would fully qualify as being a natural creature. A virus is a living thing. It's a natural creature. But that also makes it susceptible to be used by other natural creatures, but also by supernatural creatures, including human, uh, other people, whether they're spirit is alive or if they're dead. Because again, spirit has power and authority over the supernatural, which includes the solical, and solical and supernatural has power and authority over the natural. And part of having power and authority over something is you can manipulate and control and create and direct and use. So this virus is available to be used. Now, if God didn't want that to happen, it wouldn't happen. So we look at, okay, is this an opportunity for us to learn how the enemy works, our enemies, also our friends, And we start by the whole concept of how does the supernatural affect the natural? How would that work? Would it be through supernatural means or would it be through natural means or a combination of the two? So take that to the Lord and see if he shines any light on it for you. This, again, just an example that when we bring it down to our net, our own personal lives, is every circumstance in your life is there to achieve a purpose of God. Now, it's not just natural purpose, but and not just spiritual purpose, because you've already achieved that. That's already done. You're one with God but also supernatural. You're soulical. What is our purpose here on this earth? To be qu- become one, spirit, soul, and body. Become unified so that the spirit, that's our, the, the life that's already in our spirit can flow freely through our spirit, soul, and body. Body follows along. It's one of the easiest things to change when the time comes. Spirit's already done. You're either living or dead, period, end of sentence. The problem is the soul. That's one of the reasons we could even look at That's one of the reasons those, those who don't want us freed in our soul want us ignorant in a, about our soul. When you learn how something works, we, you overcome fear. You start using it. You start learning about it. You start seeing it simply as a means to an end, a tool. The soul God gave you is to achieve his purposes. 
And since he loves you, since he loves me, we know that that purpose is for our benefit. Now, we've talked many times about the categories of who our enemies are. This world system that we are in, not the natural, but this, there, there's a solical or a supernatural system that rests on this earth, and we call it the world system. And it consists of certain qualities and pressures, everything from time, the pressure of time. Time exists, but it's become a, a ruling force in our lives. What if you didn't have a watch? What if you didn't have, you know, your phone, the first thing you, you open it up is what time is it? What if you didn't have a calendar? What if every day just blended one into the next? It would reduce, in, in many cases, it would reduce our stress. But because it's there, there's a certain pressure. We have an expectation that certain things have to be done by a certain time. And, of course, there's never enough time. There's never enough hours in the day. And yet, it's always the same amount. Everybody has the same amount. That's a whole other question, do they? But it's a time pressure. It's not time itself. It's time pressure. Peer pressure, expectations of others, even those we love and respect and admire, put God in that category, trying to meet God's expectations. That's peer pressure. We have to meet other people's expectations, even if it's our parents. Decay, loss, illness death, all those things occur in the natural, but they have weight in the supernatural. They have an impact in the supernatural. They're being used in the supernatural. They're tools. The circumstances we all find ourselves in could be very just natural circumstances. Uh, you know, a hurricane is a, ner- is a natural circumstance. When it's barreling towards your house, ready to strike it down, it takes on far greater importance, and it brings fear and chaos and dread and can turn your world upside down but it's still just a natural circumstance but it's been elevated into the supernatural realm sometimes just because we have our souls but sometimes there's other influences supernatural influences so our one enemy is the world system. Another enemy is who we often refer to as our enemy, which is Satan or demons or devils. Now, some point in time, 
in some context or another, we will start looking at some creatures that are fall into the category of creatures in the supernatural realm. Now, two that we're often familiar with are devils or demons and angels. I can assure you there are a lot more than that. A lot more than that. A lot more kinds of creatures, a lot more that do different things, but rest assured they are all under God's control all the time. He created them, and he created them to be the way they are. They all serve the spirit. And if you are a spirit being, they all serve you. But we are ignorant. We are not only ignorant of the creatures that dwell there, we don't understand how our soul functions, how our soul works, how it exerts power and authority even over the natural realm. And that brings us to our third category of enemy. There's always, you know, cut, cut it down, you know, there's always separate uh, buckets under each one of these. But these are the main categories of our enemies. The world system, the devil and his little buddies, but also our own soulical desires. The soul doesn't Our soul, your soul, wants to maintain control. Now, it's often referred to as the flesh, but unfortunately people have gotten that confused with, for instance, lust, the desires of our physical flesh. And that's not, not what we're talking about. We're talking about the desires of our soul. Your soul wants to maintain control. It's had it for so long, it doesn't want to give it up. Now God knows that. God made your soul. He gave you the soul he wanted you to have. And it has certain strengths and weaknesses that God gave it. So he doesn't hold the nature and the characteristics of your soul against you. He he will never criticize you for being the way you are. Now, he won't leave us to accept the way we are as reality because the reality is your soul is not you. You are a spirit being that's either alive or dead. Your soul is one of God's gifts to you. You've just been letting it run your household. like if if you're all of a sudden you brought home 20 huge dogs to your house now puppies even and just let them run free your whole existence would revolve around taking care of these dogs these puppies potty training feeding them keeping them out of mischief keeping from destroying your house what are they getting into now And the thing you're looking for is that they would all sleep at one time, which, of course, they never do. 
Well, that's your soul. Your soul is trying to keep control over everything that's going on. Because without your soul maintaining control, your soul would be out of control. And in a sense, that's part of the process that God wants, is to get your soul out from under the control of your soul so God himself can restore control of your soul back to your spirit. So your soul being restored, it's your spirit that was made to control your soul, not your soul. Again, we've become so used to working hard to fix things, to make ourselves acceptable, to restore our own soul, to please God, to make ourselves feel better. Remember, feelings is part of your soul. Generally speaking, your, your soul is your thinker, your feeler, and your chooser or your doer. So when we're thinking some things, we're trying to figure something out, we're trying to figure out how to handle something, we're using our soul. God has something better than that. It's called wisdom. How do we get that? It's not that we subvert our soul, but we understand that they're two different things. And we ask, Lord, what is your wisdom here? It's not that we deny our soul. In fact, let's look at judgment. This is something that Christians have an especially hard time with. Oh, you're not supposed to judge. Absolutely incorrect. We are to be the best judges. We are to be the most accurate judges of what is truth, what is righteous, what is loving and godly, of what is spirit, what is soul, what is body. And yet we're, we, didn't, we are so often denying our, these opportunities to develop good judgment. You know, here's an example of, of good judgment. Stopping at a red light. That's good judgment. That's a a good thing to do. Example of bad judgment. Not stopping at a red light. What happens? You put yourself at risk. You put other people at risk. That's bad judgment. We accept it there. We accept it in the in the realm of traffic or how we handle other decisions and how we treat people and yet we don't want to admit that developing good judgment is important and vital but it's something that we do as we begin to understand the difference between judgment and wisdom As your soul is reconnected to your spirit, you will develop 
good judgment under wisdom. Not only to decide what is right and wrong, but what to do about it. How to get to the truth. How to make a difference. Change life itself. Change existence itself. So hopefully you've had a chance to ask, okay, Lord, if this is something you want me to learn more about and are taking notes. Now, a lot of you haven't heard this is something I want you what to learn about. But you've asked, okay, Lord, I've always wanted to know about miracles or I've always wanted to know about this, that, or the other thing. Great. If he, if he has not, if God has not said something different, pursue that. If you're going down the wrong way, he'll redirect you. Not a problem. Don't worry about it. If he has not given you a desire or an interest to go after a certain element of supernatural gifts, I'm just going to give you one. And that's the word of knowledge actual information, and start with simple things. And we've talked about this before, about perceiving the Lord making himself known, how he quickens our senses. Next time your phone rings, before you answer it, ask, who is it? Lord, who is that? When your doorbell rings, When you're pulling up to a stop sign, what color is the car that's going to pull up next to you? Things like that. When you're going through a drive-thru, what, you know, um, the name of the person who's going to be serving you. Anything like that. So if you don't have something else, already going use that these are these are the ways that we take our own enjoyment and responsibility in developing good judgment and acknowledge that we are ignorant and don't want to live that way god wants you to know what you need to know so I appreciate hearing from you all and having some interesting conversations. So we will be getting back together again the same time next week. Until then, thanks for tuning in. This has been Diane Thomas of Rainers Radio. Have a great night.